All right, and welcome in to that being said podcast today, uh, the Seattle Superpod version episode. Man, what episode are we on here with this one, George? Episode 29, um, and we have guest uh, Aaron. I don't know how to say your last name. Is it Fentress? That's perfect. Yes, it is. Perfect. Sounds just like a spell. Yeah, that was an easy one. We got Aaron Fentress uh, from The Athletic who uh, covers the Ducks. And the Seahawks um, at the Athletic, and uh, welcome in today. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, this pleasure is ours, uh, Aaron. And I was, you know, joking with you before the podcast. I, we'll, we'll be really, really friendly here when we're talking to Seahawks. But once we talk about, uh, you know, you you covering the Ducks, I'm gonna try my hardest to bite my uh, tongue and not say anything bad about the Ducks too much here. I lost you. I lost you. I should say once we're talking about. Uh, can, can you hear us now? You got me. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we got you. I lost you guys. I can't hear you at all. What the heck? This is live too, huh? Yeah, but you know what? That's what makes it. Fun. I can't. Why can't I hear you guys? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure why you can't hear us. I'll try to figure that out here. I got you now. I got you now. Okay. You got, got us. You. All right. Perfect. You know, all you right, know, sometimes, right. uh, right now what's going on in this world, everyone's at home using the internet all the time. We've definitely experienced some, uh, internet issues recently. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. I got you now though. Yeah, so you're going to be nice until we get the ducks too. huskies and then you're going to blast the ducks because you're a husky fan. And if you want me, if you want, I can pretend to be a Ducks fan and defend them and roast the Huskies, considering the fact that the Ducks have waxed the Huskies 14 <laughs> in the last 16 years. And I think I've covered like 12 of them. So I've seen firsthand up close and personal how the Ducks have owned the Huskies. So you might not want to go there. All right. But I mean, I don't know how many national championships the Ducks have, but uh, I think it's somewhere around zero. And so, so that's all oh, right. But you, we'll take our. Counting, are you counting that 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 shared national title with? Yes. I take whatever Miami, I can get, man. My, the Miami Hurricanes, which are my team, and the Miami Hurricanes would have smacked around the Huskies that year. They probably would have, but you know what, I man? I I can take okay. what I can get in life, you know. And as a Seattle sports fan that doesn't have that many championships, you see, I'm wearing a Mariners shirt right now. I don't get that many championships. I'm gonna take my shared national championships to the grave with me. Look, if there would have been a playoffs back then, you wouldn't have won it. You wouldn't have shared it. You got lucky that there was this mythical thing with, you know, that they don't make the best two teams played, whereas Oregon went to two national title games where they made the best two teams actually play, and they lost both games to two elite programs that were better teams. So I would rather, if I'm Oregon, lose to an Auburn and Ohio State in a system that pits one and two together than claim some half-national championship back in the day when they make the best two teams play. I just, I don't know. That's just me, though. Yeah, you know, uh, you make some solid points here, but at the end of the day, as a Husky fan, we take whatever we can get at this point. You guys, like you said, have beat us 14 <laughs> out of the last 16 years. And uh, I thought we were starting to get that program rolling and uh, things are going good. And then last year, we lose to you guys. 
Peterson uh, retires, and I don't know how Jimmy Lake is going to be. I hope he's good. But I always – we saw it at Oregon itself. When you replace a legendary head coach with the assistant coach – more times than not, it doesn't work out to the team's favor. I mean, we, we had it back in the day after Don James retired, too. I, I, I don't like replacing with the assistant all the time, and I hope I'm wrong and Jimmy Lake is you know a great head coach. But I hate replacing the legendary head coach with the assistant head coach. Okay. <laughs> it's tough. He's, he's like, cool okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Was there a question in there? Or? No, well, my question is, do you... Do no, you, it's him complaining about his program. No, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the question is more, should I be concerned? I mean, you guys went through it after uh, Chip Kelly left. And you guys had, um, God, I'm spacing on his last name. With, uh, started with an H, I believe. And you guys took a little step back as well. Now you guys are humming on all cylinders again. But do you like when a coach is replaced in general by a coordinator or do you think you should always go out and get someone else and just restart the program? Well, every virtually every coach was a coordinator at some point. Um, so then the question is, you know, does Washington go find someone with head coaching experience versus someone in-house who maybe doesn't have head coaching experience? I think it depends on if you like the guy. I mean, if you like yeah. the guy, keep him. Oregon went from Bilotti to Chip Kelly and, you know, went to a national title game and won three straight conference titles. Uh, then they went to Helfrich and they went back to the national yeah. title game and won another conference title. Of course, they didn't have a, had a bad year a couple years later, but I think it's, you know, it can work, it can work out fine. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you liked Peterson, uh, this guy was brought in by Peterson. This guy was endorsed by Peterson. I think you are you know just fine rolling the dice. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can fire him and go get someone else. <laughs> well, I hope we don't have to fire him because I, I, he seems like a great guy. And, you know, I'm rooting for them, obviously. So hopefully it's the right thing. And I guess before we get into some Seahawks talk, I guess let's talk some college football for a moment if you guys want. Uh, do you think – what do you think is going on right now, obviously, with everything going on in the world? Do you think we're going to have a season or do you think that there's going to be you're, some you're breaking up. You're breaking up for me a little bit. Um the question was, I don't know. Can you hear me yeah, now? You, I can. Hear, I can hear you perfectly. I can't hear. The, okay. I can't hear your partner that well. Well, I, I'll repeat Weird. the question. With all that's going on right now, do you think? And we know you probably have a little bit of decent insight. You know, actually covering the teams and covering. I know Oregon is planning on having students in the fall as of now. But are, with what's going on, are you seeing that things are trending towards college football happening, or as it being canceled? My feeling is that I think there's a desperate need and want for everything to return to normal. Yep. And one of the hallmarks of normalcy will be sports going on, especially on a college campus, college, college football in a place like Oregon, coming off the Rose Bowl, coming off the Pac-12, how important f the football program is to that university and the environment there. But I think having hope in April versus – or May almost versus reality hitting in June or Ju August or, or – excuse me, July or August are two different things. Um, I think everyone wants it to happen, but whether or not it's going to happen remains to be seen. And at the end of the day, you're talking about tens of thousands of students that are going to have to return to campus. If, if you open the door for that, then clearly, yeah, you can play football. But if you're not comfortable enough doing that yet, it's going to be difficult to justify making 100 football players come together and go through all the things that are, it, it entail running a football season. So, you know, for me, I'll start believing it's going to go down 
when we get closer to, you know, I'm going to say even August. Like, I don't think training camps are going to start by July. I think everything might be pushed back a month or so. So when I start, you know, seeing or reading word that, you know, the governor of Oregon and the University of Oregon are saying, okay, students are going to be back on campus this date, uh, then I'll feel like football is coming. Until then, I'm not going to buy anything until I see it firsthand. Yeah, it's <laughs> very fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's a tough and situation. Here's Go ahead. One, one, one more quick thing. You know, there's other things that, that are going to happen first. Like, if college football is going to happen in the fall, Major League Baseball is going to do something. Yep. Right? So, and I think that would happen first. And maybe even the NBA hasn't canceled yet. You know, the NBA can say, you know what, we're going to run a 16-team tournament <laughs> in August. You know, so I, I, I think that those things would happen first before college football. College football is not going to be the first thing to happen let's put it that way you know nba mlb nfl will sign off first on getting rolling before college football so we'll know in advance whether college football is going to happen yeah i agree with that i mean i i'm in the can you hear me right now i feel like i tuned I out for a second yeah, okay you, you sound good. I, uh, <laughs> okay good um i'm at the point where you know if the nba can't figure it out right now and they're not playing by the end of the summer it would be pretty shocking to see a month or two later college football just popping up in the fall. Um, so, it, like you said, with baseball as well, it, college football is not going to be the first sign or the last sign, right? There's We got the other right. sports that are going to come before that, and that's going to tell us a lot about if college football is going to happen. With fans, without fans, obviously, who knows? Uh, with fans right now, especially college football with these 100,000-person stadiums, Seems like a probably low chance of having at this point. But if the other leagues can figure out how to play in empty stadiums, at least I think we'll have optimism for college football going forward. Uh, agreed. I totally agree. And and to me, baseball would be the easiest to justify and pull off because there's really not much contact other than, I mean, teammates are the same dugout, same locker room. But there's very little contact between the players from each team, right? I mean, the first guy makes the first base. He stands next to the first baseman, I guess. Uh, if there's a collision at home or a slide in the home, I guess you're kind of next to each other. But other than that, there's really no contact between <laughs> baseball players. So yeah. if you're if you're going to see a sport, say, okay, let's test it out and see how things are going. You know, obviously you can test players ahead of time. Um, you can even section off certain parts of the stands where family and friends can come. If you're going to figure that out. Um, and then you can get, like, to me, you can get that rolling as soon as you feel comfortable doing that. And that could be the test. Uh, basketball has fewest pl- amount of players and um, you, know, you can do testing, quarantine them off the entire playoffs or whatever Then people say, well, what about their family? Well, if you want to test their family and then they can live with them in quarantine or what have you, yep. maybe you can do that. Like to me, those are the two things that were, if you're, if you are going to start playing sports, you know, baseball to me first, basketball second, and then now football is a completely different animal because there's major contact made, you know, they're obviously they're hitting, they're laying on each other. They're falling into each other. They're bumping into each other. They're, there's, you know, there's, they're spitting on each other. Yeah. You know I mean? Some people are biting people under the pile. We've heard of stories yeah, about then, that. And then, and, and then even the act of practicing is very, you know, you're, you're on top of each other. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fat. I'm really watching baseball because, you know, I, baseball is still talking about maybe June or July. Uh, I think if baseball gets rolling, I think there's hope. Um, and to me, also too, baseball, like the fa- the crowd noise and fans in baseball don't have as much of a 
fan impact from watching on TV. To me, it's basketball does. It may sound weird, but if you if you think about how the course of a baseball game goes, like to me, I can watch a baseball game on TV without fans and probably not miss the fans. I think in basketball, LeBron goes and dunks on Jason Tatum's face in the NBA Finals, and you hear nothing. That's different, right? That's like, whoa, you're missing the reaction of the crowd, right? Or if it's a three-point play, what do you get? You get you get shot goes up, you get whistle, it goes in, then you get crowd. It's like this pattern. In baseball, what do you get? Base hit, you get it. Yeah, I mean, you get some cheers, but it's just not the same. Uh, so I believe fascinating to see what baseball does and trying to play without fans. If yeah. that's the way they go. <laughs> As a Seattle Mariner fan, we <laughs> we've seen a lot of empty stadiums and a lot of empty games, <laughs> right. and it's uh, not that weird to be honest. We're used to it. It's it's not that bad seeing a home run and there's not that much noise. It's just announce with with baseball an announcer a good announcer can suffice for enough and be like oh great like home run with basketball i know what you mean i mean okay you're in portland right think about damian lillard's yeah. three against the against the thunder to go on to the next round of the playoffs last year right, right. imagine him hitting that in its silence and it's just his teammates it, it'd be the weirdest thing in the world right that 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 was like the part of it was seeing the crowd jump and people on court side like almost running on the court you know like their feet are on the court jumping around people screaming high-fiving that shot looks so much Dan, different I on camera hold on a second. ah someone called me hold on no worries, no worries. <laughs> are you there you got me yep we got you can you hear us oh my god You got Let me? us know if you can hear us. Yep. yep. I can't hear you guys. We'll have them come back in. Yeah. But but I mean, I guess to go off what Aaron was saying there, it would be weird to see like LeBron James going up for a dunk and then roaring to an empty crowd. Yeah. Right, I'm back in. You got me? Yep. And you can hear us? Yes, I can. Perfect. I, I, you, were saying, you were saying about Lillard shot and no crowd? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be yeah. weird. It would be bizarre. <laughs> you know what would be cool? Why don't they take an arena and at least the hundred level put a bunch of mannequins in the seats, yeah. and then have someone who's in charge of fan audio, and they can play like, you know, if it's in Portland, Lillard scores, and you can push like a cheering button, yeah, and then it makes it sound like, hey, there's a crowd there, and then when the other team scores, it's kind of like a smattering of cheers. You could actually probably. If you orchestrated it and, and directed it properly, you could probably just sort of mimic it a little bit, and the mannequins in the stands would be hilarious to me. Yeah, and then, <laughs> or could you imagine if we just to go off of what you said, if we had like an app at home, so all the Blazer fans when they're excited they tap like applause, and then everyone at home is tapping the app to make make to make applause sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, see now we're or booing. You want to boo the refs? Booing the rest of you, kind of fun feature, pressing boo. And you're like, almost like if you're like playing a video game, but you're in the crowd. 100%. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be but, awesome. But to go off what you were saying, I don't, I can't see that in college football. I mean, college football is about this, to me at least, the student experience, the crowd, the marching band. Like, there's a whole entire spectacle around college football that I don't think would work without having people in the stands. Yeah, college football will be tough to pull off the, the uh, environment, no doubt. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you can, if they feel like you can still play games, even though it'll probably be the same, I think we'd see the games being played. People would still like to watch it, just to have something to watch. And, and there's a lot of money at stake. You know what I mean? I mean, the oh, yeah. contracts would still be there. 
uh, even though you're not getting the gate revenue. So I, I think it would still happen. But yeah, it wouldn't be the same because it, that's part of the fun of college football is the, the college uh, stadium environment and all the pageantry that goes with it for sure. Absolutely. Well, hopefully it happens. Hopefully we get our Ducks uh, Huskies matchup. Yes. Um, not only in football, but basketball too. I love, I'm a big college basketball guy. You know, I love uh, basketball is my favorite sport, but it's uh I hope to get to see some basketball as well. It was really a bummer not getting March Madness this year. So, I still can't believe that. Yeah, it should have. It was just bizarre. like that. That's when it really hit me that oh crap, we're in trouble because yeah. <laughs> you, th- you think about all. I mean, you know, follow the money, right? You think about all the money involved in that for them to just cancel it. That I mean, that was like okay, yeah, this is gonna be a, a serious, serious situation. Yeah, and that was the first domino where we're, I was like, there's no way they cancel this. At least play with no fans. But it was during that uh, Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Like the one game got canceled, and they're like, oh, they're actually just canceled the rest of this tournament. And it was all in that like two day loop. Everything just started dropping. And you kind of had that dooming feeling like, oh, they're really probably going to cancel this tournament. And it was a weird moment. Duke Duke pulled out, and someone else pulled out. Duke pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. And someone else pulled out. And then it was like, teams are just saying, we're not going to wait for you to cancel it. We're canceling ourselves. Yeah, that's when it got weird. It, it was eerie, man, to say the least. That was the weird, weirdest week stretch of just everything going down. And I mean, I, I don't know. How, how are things in Oregon in general? I, over here, we just got extended stay at home till May 31st. I, I don't know what – I haven't really been following Oregon as much. Or is it like that as well? I lost you in your last sentence. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear I got, you. I got, I, saying, I got you back. You got you me back? About Oregon. Yeah, it, is now. Oregon yeah. still? Um, if you guys stay stay at home order, or what's going on exactly yes. in Oregon at the moment? We 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 shut down schools pretty quickly. We did a stay at home order pretty quickly uh, because it was obviously blowing up there in Washington, and we're mm-hmm. your your southern you know neighbor, and so we just really were proactive, and I think it's really helped here a lot. There's there hasn't been a ton of cases per capita. I think we were, every time I would take a chart, we were in the. Uh, bottom 10 in, in numbers per capita in terms of the lowest numbers per capita and lowest death uh, numbers per capita. Um, so we've been doing pretty well, and I think it's because of the shutdown, and that's that's still been maintained. Um, I think people are still going out and doing things, but just maintaining the separation. You know, tons of people out for rocks, out for bike rides, out, things yeah. like that. More people than usual because there's not much else to go do. Um, but they've been maintaining the social distancing requirements, which is good. Even we're allowed to play golf here. I know in California they shut down golf courses. Up there they shut down golf courses. But those, for those of us here who still play golf, you know, we can go do that, which, you know, when you think about what's golf, it's walking and swinging a stick badly every 100 yards or so, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's tons of separation there. I mean, the only time you're really near someone who you're not maybe living with, like I play with my wife a lot, is at the is on the green. You just sort of stay away from each other. Um, yeah. So that's that's been fun to be able to at least do that. Uh, so yeah, we've we've been pretty proactive here, and so far it's it's worked out. Yeah, I think uh, Seattle has golf courses open up this week. Good. I think it was this week or it's opening up this week. I got a bunch of friends that are very excited about it. You know, it's a, it's one of those. It's the same thing, like you said. People are out and about going running and on bike rides. Keep your distance, and at least it'll keep some people sane, right? Like something to go do, a little bit of a sport to go play. Um, yeah, I think I think it's good for the people to have golf. Um, before we get go on to the Seahawks, I want you to introduce yourself a little bit. We kind of didn't get to hear you know much of a backstory. Um, you know, how did you get to working for the Athletic? Um, you know, and, and 
covering the Seahawks, the Ducks, where you're from, who your childhood teams, a little bit of it all. Oh, man, kind of a long story. So I'm, a, I'm a originally from Chicago, so I'm a Bears, Bulls, Cubs guy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I've been loving the, the last dance, watching all that, reliving that that era. Um, that we might need all. to get you on a uh, – sorry to interrupt, but we got we to gotta, uh, – I know here we have San Seattle, but we got a Chicago affiliate as well, and uh, we'd probably love to have you on talking about some oh. uh, Chicago sports. But continue. Oh, sure. You know I yeah, I've been a big fan for, for decades. My, my favorite player ever is Walter Payton. Um, love me some Walter. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just going over. So I've, I've been putting together a, uh, a highlight package of all of his touchdowns in chronological order. <laughs> so I've been going, trying to dig up videos. I have a bunch of DVDs myself and then find videos on YouTube. And, and you know, things like when you see a highlight, it's like, okay, there was a highlight against the Vikings. What, but what year was that? When was it in the game? What t- so you have to match up the distance on that and then go for the, his box score. So it's been kind of a project I've been working on. Um, I think I've got like 80 of his 125 right now, plus almost all of his touchdown passes. Yeah, so my little project I've been working on on the side for fun. How, how hard was it to find some of the earlier touchdowns? Oh, it's really tough. So when he passed away in 99, I was just so devastated. But one of the things was when I was a kid, so I was born in Chicago, moved to the Bay Area when I was like five. And that was a year before he got drafted. He was drafted in 75. I was born in 68. So 60, I moved about a year before he got drafted. But anyway, so when I was a little kid in, the, in the California, <clears throat> I was a Bears fan. And, of course, I liked Walter Payton. But they were hardly ever on because they weren't very good in the 80s. And the whole regional TV network, they were hardly ever on. So a lot of his early stuff I never saw until I was older and I could find the DVDs. So it was like almost like treasure hunting for me. Um, so after he passed away, I would go back and try and find look online, and people had DVDs of old games, and I could find them. And it was like, you know, find like or the they played the Saints in '79. I think he, he threw, no, he, he ran for two touchdowns that game. The Saints game, I think it was '82 or whatever. He threw two touchdowns to Willie Gall and ran for a touchdown. And I I wow. found that game and I like watched it like it was live, like I, <laughs> like it never happened because I knew those highlights happened, but I didn't know when they happened. So watching the game as if it were fresh and then having it happen, like all of a sudden there's a toss of Peyton and he, and he heaves it 60 yards to the goal. It's like, oh, my God. So <laughs> that was kind of like – it's like like hunting treasure, treasure really. Um, so it's been – there's some I can't find. Like there's just no one has the DVD of it. There's no there's nothing on YouTube. That's been kind of frustrating. But anyway, uh, so moved to the Bay Area. Then I, li- then I lived in Portland. My mom lived in Arizona. I went back and forth, all that kind of nonsense. Ended up finishing high school in Portland. So I've been here. Uh, pretty much all my life since. I uh, worked for the Oregonian for 21 years, mm-hmm. covered uh-huh. news, covered every sports imaginable, even covered the Mariners up there, covered the Seahawks up there. Then moved on to NBC Sports Northwest, where I was for six years. That's where I did the TV and had to wear the makeup, which I talked to you guys about <laughs> before. Uh, and then last summer, left there to go work for The Athletic uh, for a variety of different reasons. But um, the cool thing about working there is they allowed me to, A, stay in Portland. Uh, they wanted help on the Seahawks. Um, because they just we have such a Seahawk fan base, they wanted more covers yeah. to add to it. But it was like, well, I live in Portland. I've been covering the Ducks for thir- or like eleven of the last fourteen years. So let me stay in Portland so I can do both. And you're like, okay, well that works out. So I've been doing both. I went to 26 games last year, which an NBA wow. writer and MLB writer would be like, big deal, 26 games. <laughs> Before a football reporter, 26 games is a ton. But it was a lot of fun. Wow, yeah. Were you going? Were Were you doing some? Uh... 
Saturdays in Eugene and some Sundays in Seattle? Yeah, well, uh, I'm trying to think. I think I only did that once. Mainly the double-ups I did were – most of their road games were the big games. Like when they played at SC, I went to flew to SC, covered that game. Actually, that Saturday I flew in that day. <clears throat> and then the next morning flew to Seattle. So I think they played – they played – I can't remember who they played. It doesn't matter. I think it was Tampa or something like that. No, it wasn't Tampa. They didn't play Tampa last year. It was someone. I can't remember. Anyway, um, and then there was another trip where I did a double up. I think there were three double up weekends, actually. Um, so those, like, on one hand, it's it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, on the other hand, I love football. So, like, once I yeah. get to the stadium, it's cool. But sometimes traveling around can be a pain. That, like, I mean, like, Seattle, too, had five East Coast games this year. They went to Atlanta. Yeah. Philly twice counting the playoffs, Carolina, Pittsburgh, <laughs> in wow. Cleveland, right? In those trips in Cleveland, right? Yeah, those trips. Those trips are not necessarily fun. Although I got direct home from Atlanta, miracle. Don't know how, but it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but so you know the travel can be a pain in the ass. But at the end of the day, you're watching football and you're getting paid to do it, so I can't complain. Well, here's a here's a question for you. I know you said you grew up as a Chicago Bears fan, but now when you cover these teams, do you just like become a fan just because you're around it so often, or do you still <clears throat> kind of stay true to your like roots? That I'm I'm a Bears fan. Yeah. So actually, here's the thing, though. Most people who are fans of a team, if they cover that team, it ruins it for them. Yeah. Every everyone I've ever talked to who's a fan of a team. If they go either way, it's that they ruin it. I, I never hear someone who says they became a fan of a team because they were covering it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're – now, I think that's changed maybe with your generation a little bit. Yeah. And this is not a generational knock. It's just that journalism <laughs> has changed. So when I got into journalism, you're, you are trained to be objective no matter what. You are not supposed to be a fan. You're supposed to be objective. But in the last 10, 15 years, you have, you have Rivals.com, you have 24-7. A lot of these teams are covered by fans. <laughs> like, they just are. And, and fans.coms have been allowed into the, the um, journalistic pool and the credential pool. So you have people in the press box who are straight-up fans being journalists. And it's just so funny to watch for me, someone who grew up in an era where you weren't supposed to do that. So the question is, would they stop being fans? No, because they cover the team as fans. They're, they're not as objective. They're not as critical. They're just not. Um, or as me, I'm going to treat the Seahawks like I would treat anything. Now, that said, where you can become somewhat of a fan is if you like the guys you cover. In that case, you're not necessarily a fan, but if you like them personally, you're going to pull for them. A party's going to pull for them. So, But if the team's a bunch of jerks, a part of you is going to be like, you know what? I hope you lose, you son of a B. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah, <laughs> it's just fact. But you're still supposed to remain objective in your reporting, since your personal side might feel a certain way. So, my feeling about the Seahawks is, I love that locker room. Like mm. every guy in there is pretty damn cool. There's some who sometimes don't want to talk, and every once in a while you get someone who's a little surly, you know. But it's not, it's not you. You know, it's probably something in their personal life. You never know what's going on, a guy. For all I know, five minutes ago. He got told he's not starting that week. Or five minutes ago, he was in a film room session and got ripped to shreds. Or five yeah. minutes ago, he got into an argument with his girlfriend. You know what I mean? Or yep. you don't know. So I never take it personally. But for the most part, like Bobby Wagner's awesome. Uh, Tyler Lockett, awesome. Um, uh, DJ Fluker was awesome. Hate to see him go. I know, uh, tough one. Oh, Dwayne Brown. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, 
most awesome guy ever. You party, cool guy, horrible interview. Uh, clown. <laughs> <laughs> KJ Wright, amazing. Both of the uh, the the twins, the Griffin twins, awesome. Like I just go down the list. So it's a fun locker room to be in, and therefore you're going to naturally want to see them succeed. I think. I think that's fair. I think that's human nature. But as you're covering them, you remain you, you maintain your objectivity. Do you uh, do you get a lot of time around Russell, or is that is that a tough one to get a to get airtime with? <laughs> you know, Russell, yeah, Russell, like Russell, only talks to the media for the. I mean, I, I think some people have gotten some one on ones with him, but I think mostly it's it's like when when, when the open, when locker room's open, he's not in there. He's okay, never in there during. He the gets out quick. He has to walk through, <laughs> but he does his Thursday press conference every week. That's the chance you talk to Russell. A lot of people who cover the team who have covered it longer than I have are like pretty much like worn out by Russell because he's so politically correct. Yeah. He's you're so not going to get any answers out of him. <laughs> oh my God. And, and so here's a running joke too. If you don't ask a question in a certain way, he'll almost go little league coach on you. So like say during trade, like I, okay, I made this mistake one day. And as soon as I got done with the question, I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? I was asking him specifically about a couple of the young receivers on the roster because I was writing about them and I want to know specifically just about those two, but I didn't phrase it the right way. And he heard as about the receivers in general and went on this long winded thing where he named every receiver on the roster. <laughs> and, he, and he knows that's and not what you want. <laughs> no. And I, I, and I texted Greg, Greg Bell for the Tacoma paper and I was mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, what have I done? Or something? Or I, I think I said sorry because that's just how he is, though. Because he doesn't want to leave anyone out, right? Yeah. He wants to be politically correct, but it's just. But for me, I actually enjoy his press conferences. I find him interesting. I find it interesting how he dances around things, but I also just find him interesting. But I haven't covered a team as long as other people. <laughs> so yeah, I think some people are like, "Oh my God!" Everyone likes him. Like he's likable, but he's just not always the best quote. Um, but anyway, he's like he's likable, and his his wife is awesome. She's always around. She's really cool, down to earth. You know, she's I mean, she's a, a megastar, and she's like yeah. you would never know it. Like she's just another, you know, person's wife out there. She's she's not someone who acts like you know a diva you might act like. She's just a, a great lady too. So these are people who are easy to pull for. No, absolutely. But you know, it, at the end of the day, that's kind of what I want out of my quarterback. Uh, I like the quarterback that's not going to give you the best quotes and it's 100%. not going to be a complete distraction. So, I mean, as as a fan of the Seahawks, it's the perfect quarterback to root for. Yeah. You, you know what? 100%. Like, and, and my thing is, from, from a journalistic standpoint, there's certain things you'd like him to say that, that make the reporting better. But from a realistic standpoint, you can't really knock him because he's avoiding any semblance of controversy. But he has it down to a science. It's all, and that's why yeah. I think I find him entertaining. Oh, and, we lost Aaron for a second. <laughs> yeah, we lost Aaron for a second, but it is entertaining. Like you know, it's corporate, but it's what you want, Sammy. Right? I mean, as a if, as a fan of a team, I'd rather have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's not going to give the best quote, than have like um, Cam Newton, who's going to give quotes. Yeah, that the media goes after. We got you back. We got here. you back. I don't know what happened. It just dropped you. But anyway. <laughs> Well, and we're like saying, saying so. I find him entertaining because I, I like watching him dance around things a little bit. It's kind of cool to me. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you don't want a quarterback that's giving you, you know, 
Richard Sherman quotes and Michael Bennett quotes and Baker Mayfield. No. You don't want that from your quarterback. You're looking for no. correct answers. You know, no. good answers for everyone. Not a not not things that are going to be you know be on the news. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I have no problem with how he conducts himself. And now I will say this: he does take way too damn long after games. It's like, come on, dude. You you he, he takes so long, man. We're always sitting around waiting. When's Russ coming out? Who knows? Sometimes we'll set betting lines. I got, you know, at, Wagner or excuse me, uh, Carroll usually goes first, and then Wagner will come out or a player, a defensive player, and then there's like almost always a 20 minute gap before, between before Russ finally makes it out because he makes sure he's completely dressed, right? Like he's going to go from the press conference to the plane, like or to the bus. So there's no. Uh, whereas Wagner will come out sometimes and talk and then go back to the locker room, but he just gets ready quicker. But that's the only thing that we can all complain about for sure <laughs> is that he takes way too long. Yeah, it's, it's a, you have to wait a late night before you get to talk to us. Yeah, he, he's he's not deadline friendly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, if, if it's a night game too, you're probably hungry and ready for some dinner too. Dude, so like, when it's, no, on. when it's a night game, I don't wait for him. <laughs> yeah, so go home. I'll, 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 I'll catch up the news. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go work. Cause what, what, what we just talked about first though, we talked about the fact he's not going to say much anyway. Yep. Right. So, so whatever he says is going to be sort of generic anyway. So I'm going to go write what I'm going to write and get it done. And then what I'll do is I'll listen to it later when they post it or actually in Seattle, um, they'll pipe it into the press box. So I'll go do my work on my laptop and then just listen to it. And if he accidentally says something really good, I'll type it. Out. <laughs> yeah, while you're going, right? Like if I catch exactly. that one sentence once in a while. Exactly. You, you know, I, 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 I do agree with you. It's really entertaining in, in a way. And you can tell me if I'm totally wrong, but I always compare the Seahawks and the Patriots style of dealing with the media is almost the exact same because they don't give you anything. But the the only difference is the Patriots do it really like Bill Belichick, you know, very short answers. Meanwhile, the Seahawks give long-winded answers, but it's really not saying much. They're both not really saying anything. Yeah, well, Pete Carroll is way more entertaining um, and way and yeah, I mean he's careful too. But I think he he will give you he will give you some good stuff. The problem is you just have to wonder. Uh, how much of it is completely 100% true? Like, he made it at the end of the season. Like, think about this. He, he said, I can't remember when exactly he said it, but he made a comment about we don't expect many changes along the offensive line. Oh, well, yeah. here we are. 18 here we are in April, and three starters are gone. Yep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, it, things change. Now, now, but how do you phrase it, though? He said, we don't expect. I, I'm almost positive. Careful here. I'm almost positive this is how he phrased it, that we don't expect. The word expect is huge, right? Expect yeah, doesn't it happen. I just happen. didn't expect it. Doesn't mean it's it not going to happen. Yeah, it, it wasn't planned. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, words are funny that way. So, um, but here we are, and and three three of the offensive linemen are gone. Yep. <laughs> and 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 just, I mean, have a plethora on the roster still, even with three gone. So, seventeen they, by last count, eighteen, right? Yeah. So they, they, they obviously were expecting it, but he he said, you know, he phrased it correctly. And that's not counting tight right. ends, right? No. God, what is there now? Five seven, tight ends seven, or four? Five? They had well, four coming back, and they, they drafted yeah. two, but they're claiming receiver and signed one as a free agent. So six. Six isn't bad. Yeah, they claimed Sullivan as a receiver, although he's a tight end, and 
college, but he's six five, two forty eight, man. Yeah. How's he gonna be anything like that? Like name me, uh, name me, that's a tight end. Name me a receiver. Name me a wide receiver over two hundred thirty pounds. Was Anquan Bolden back in the day over two thirty? Maybe uh, he might have been. He was pushing. He was definitely pushing two fifteen, two twenty. What was what was uh, Johnson? Char- Calvin uh, Johnson. Calvin. I almost said Charles. He was he was six five. He was probably two. Yeah, he was, probably he was a physical three six. Six five two thirty six. Two thirty six. But that yeah, that's, that's 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 unique. <laughs> yeah, that was freakish. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I wish the guy well. I mean, obviously they traded back in the, the draft to get him. If you watch his video, he's got some athleticism. But it's like okay, I mean, Grant. He was on a team that threw sixty touchdowns and put up six thousand or five thousand six hundred yards of passing offense, and he only got in on like one hundred and twenty yards and zero touchdowns. I don't know. <laughs> How good is he really? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I want to get to one of the pressing questions that everyone has during the offseason. And uh, I'm going to put one of them on the screen. We have uh, Daniel Griffin from Facebook, a comrade in saying, you guys think the Hawks drafting two defensive ends means Clowney is gone. And on top of that, I know yesterday Jaron Reed tweeted that he got number 90 back, which I think he sold the Clowney last year. But then he you know, came back and tweeted. He's like, that doesn't mean – Clown, he's not coming back. Like, don't make news out of it. But of course, we're gonna make news out of it, right? So, I mean, uh, you've you know you you were around the locker room last year, and, and what was Clowny like with the guys? Did it seem like he liked it there? I've heard he's a little different, um, and I, we obviously see on the field. There's, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he does this, but everyone talks about the fact that he takes some plays off and then tries really hard sometimes. And I don't know if that's how his personality has been in the locker room and what you feel the gauge around the Seahawks is with Clowney. Um, are they, do you think they're going to be making a move to keep him or going elsewhere with like Everson Griffin or making a trade? Right. Everything that I could tell and I, I haven't heard anyone say differently. And there are people, you know, obviously who are around the team more than I do. I go up there every Wednesday so I'm not there, you know, every single day. But I work with Michael Sean Dugar, who uh, who's there every day, and we talk about this stuff mm-hmm. all the time. And so his his view hasn't been different than mine. It seemed like he fit in perfectly, and it seemed like they liked him, and he liked being there. Most players who play in Seattle love being there because Pete Carroll is so different and runs a different program and tries to keep it almost collegiate in a lot of ways. Uh, so it, it's it seemed like a good fit, and that he was that there was going to definitely be a mutual effort to try and bring him back. Um, I believe – see, my, my thing in the last year was I felt like he was going to be able to be had for less than what maybe people were going to get because he had a year. Um, and so it's very hard to go out in the upper market and after three sacks and expect to get 20 million. Uh, but that's exactly what he expected. So yeah. when, when you – overall, you have this mythology attached to you um, about how great you are because – physically sometimes it's difficult to come to the, or the conclusion that maybe that guy and yeah. go out on the market looking for 20 and you can't get close to 20 that's an ego knock like that's that's going to bruise your ego and we all know that everyone has these have massive ego and you know he and Aaron Donald and Cleo Mac money well but those two guys are better yeah. I mean, their defensive play of the year. Uh, Donald had 20 sacks a couple of years ago. Like, and Clowney's had 
20 of the last three years combined, I think, or maybe yep. 22 or something like that. Uh, so it's, you know, it's one of those situations where at some point the player has to accept what they are. And if you're 14, 15 million a year, not 20, you'd accept that. And I, I think Seattle is smart in not breaking the bank for him. I didn't think they would ever go 20 because that's one of the reasons why I think they got rid of Clark. They couldn't afford yeah. Wilson 35, Wagner 18, and Clark 20. Like, you got to pay other players. How are you going to give that to Clowney? Um, so, anyway, and like you said, it's that, not it's not Aaron Donald. Same thing with Frank Clark. It wasn't right, Aaron Donald, what, you know? Right. What, what am I getting for the money? Like, how can I justify this? Uh, so I, I think he would be smart to do your deal um, and try and get back on the market. But then you wonder, is Seattle down with that? Is another team down? I mean, I guess we'll see. The other thing is everything's been, been jacked up because of COVID because you can't do the interviews, you can't do the physicals, right? Yeah. So I think that's played a part in this as well. But Seattle knows him. Seattle doesn't need to do that. Seattle knows exactly where he is physically. Right. They know exactly who he is. They don't have to interview. Just had him around for four months. Um, so I still hold out hope that they're going to bring him back because I really believe if Seattle wants to contend, they need more star power on defense. Yeah. Like their defense is solid, but it's, you know, there's one star on it, and that's Bobby Wagner. And that's yeah. it. Back in the day when they were really good, you had six, seven running around back there, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think they need star power. I think they need someone like Clowney. I think he definitely can be a 10 sack guy at some point, regardless of what happened last year. Um, so I'm still holding out that if it either get him or if they don't, there's something else brewing, which is what everyone thinks is probably going on because of the moves. They just made on the offensive line to free up about 12 or $13 million. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah, it's tough. Like you said, it's, it's tough justifying a huge number for someone with three sacks. Uh, that's, that's always going to be something tough to do. And, you know, we have shirt up our defense a little bit with, with getting Dunbar. And obviously last year through the season, we got digs and, you know, things do look better, but at the same time, you know, like you said, you need some star power in the defense but I don't know if 20 million is what you're going to get at when Clowney had three sacks. It's not, um, and it, and it's hurt his market. Obviously if, when the Seahawks aren't giving you the money, other teams are going to say, well, they were just, you know, they just had him in, in house. So if they're not giving the money, why should we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if there's one team that would feel like, you know, they seen him up close and know he's worth it or not, it would be Seattle first. And they clearly don't feel like he's worth that kind of money. So, you know, it, it's tough for him because he knows that he was hurt last year. He was <clears throat> that wasn't the best he could be. He's been better. We all know sacks aren't everything, but sacks make stacks. I don't know if I invented that line or not, but I said that a couple of weeks ago, and I felt pretty proud of it. But sacks do make stacks. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, they really do. <laughs> and you know, he's had he had pressures, he had hits, and he had a couple games. I mean, the Philly game, the 49ers Monday night game. I mean, he was freaking phenomenal, right? But there just wasn't yep. enough of that to warrant the type of money he's asking for. And as a Bears fan, I know what Khalil Mack, like every week Khalil Mack does something. Well, for the most part, last year was a little bit of a down year. But, um, you know, you can just feel his presence most nights. I didn't feel that with Clowney. And so that's why he's just not that caliber of player. So we'll see what happens with him. I'm still holding out hope, but I think if they don't get him, they'll, they're prepared to go in another direction, bring someone in. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we just had a, a there was a dog attack outside of our window. If you heard that, that was, that was uh, quite a loud attack. Yeah, uh, I agree though. Yeah, I agree though. I like that saying, by the way, the sacks make stacks because uh, it's true. You know, I think, and 
you know, I think that's why Clowney is where he is. I think we're living a little bit too much on the fact that he was a number one pick and kind of a big name. And that's not saying that he doesn't deserve a good contract or that he's not a game-changing player. I just think the whole being the number one pick and being the superstar like name has made him expect a little too much money. 100%. And he knows – I think he also – knows what he is physically and knows what he's capable of, but he just hasn't done it. And I liken it almost yeah. to, to Bryce Harper. Remember Bryce Harper was coming out and everyone was like, how much is he going to get? How much is he going to get? And I literally was like, okay, look at his first seven years. He had two years where you would say that's a $30 million player. The other five years, he was not yeah. a $30 million player. So why am I going to give him 10 years at $30 million a year for a guy who's only performed at $30 million a year level twice? In seven, it doesn't make any sense. Same thing with the clowning. Why am I going to give him 17, 18, 19 million a year for a guy who's maybe had one or two seasons even close to that level of play in his five years in the league? It doesn't make sense. I I completely agree. And I feel like that one play he had against Michigan. In Michigan, 100%. Yeah. It, it, if it, that never happened, we wouldn't maybe expect all of this from him anyway. That kind of hurt him overall, at least from the fan perspective. It made him out to be a super, you know, a superhero almost. And, it, and it's, just, it's this lasting image, right? Even though, in reality, a line, one lineman made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, he, made, he missed the block. <laughs> right. To allow that to happen. But it still was impressive. But, you know, you're right. I, I totally agree. That that mystique about him uh, yeah. it creates art even for himself to believe in. Um, so anyway, I mean, we're playing a little, maybe too much psychology. I did minor in psychology in college, so maybe I can do that a little bit. But in reality, I mean, I think we've seen enough guys become free agents in the history of sports and expect more than probably what they're really worth to know that that's playing a part in why this is taking so long. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought the, the Bryce Harper thing was a great example. It's like, he's not Mike Trout. It's the same situation. There's a big name. You're good. <clears throat> Maybe not superstar great, and I think that was a great example. Right, superstar name, super superstar talent. Yeah, like a yeah. Superstar and I, I thought the the Bryce Harper <laughs> thing was a great example. It's like he's not Mike Trout. This is the same situation. There's a big name. You're good. Maybe not superstar great. Right, and I think that was a great example. I know we're all cooped up at the house right now. It could be highs and lows of what you're watching and. I guess one thing that I asked you before, and if you don't have this, don't worry. But I did I did message you asking. We like to do this with our guests in our, our podcast. Some highs and lows. I know we're all cooped up in, at the house right now. My it could behind. be highs and lows of right what now. you're watching. I'm hearing the question twice. Same here. And, like you I know, heard what's it, what's going on in your life? Life, but just so you know, just so we can get to know you a little bit. What are some okay. of the highs and lows that you've had the last week or two? Okay, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay, this time of delay. Okay, uh, so this time of year, um, covering NFL and covering college football, there's not. Oh, I think we might have lost you for a second. Lost me again. Yeah. Mike, no, I can hear you. behind because. Your question's coming through right now. Oh, there's something going oh. on here on my screen. I'm I'm a couple seconds oh, behind. Yeah, now we lost him. 
Same here. I think we're just uh, we're pushing the bandwidth here. Um, well, we're gonna end with some highs and lows here. I think we just caught up. Can you hear me now, normal? Bizarre. You got me now. All right. Let us know if you can hear. Yep. Me. I can hear you, but you guys are off sync. But I, I can I hear you. And we can't get this right. <laughs> you got me? You got me? I can hear you. Can you hear us, Dan? No. Okay. Answer the question. Okay. I can hear you. So, uh, with, with, with football offseason, I would be pretty much doing the same thing I've been doing the last couple months anyway. Oh, we lost. Lost him for a second. You know, it's Sammy's screen. You want to turn it off, and then you can just join me right here. You got right. me. It, yeah, I got you. It, it, I think the other uh, computer was uh, is a second behind. That's why you're hearing yourself twice. But uh, to, uh, uh, Sammy's question, we got Sammy right here as well. So we're sitting right next to each other. Gotcha. We'll just do it like this. I like I like that bad Michael Jackson thing behind you. Oh, thank you, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Michael Jackson fan for sure. Um, so anyway, the last couple months have pretty much been what I would be doing anyway, even without COVID, because it's off-season football. There's nothing really to cover. In terms of being anywhere in person, it was all free agency and draft stuff anyway. Um, did miss out on doing a couple spring football stories for Oregon that I was going to do uh, because they shut down spring early. Uh, but... It's pretty much par for the course. My kids have been home, which is different, but they're teenagers. So it's actually been kind of fun having them around, playing Madden with my son a lot, <laughs> uh, taking him out doing baseball, taking my daughter out doing some basketball drills. Um, been playing a lot of golf, you know, which is one thing we can do still here in Oregon, uh, either with friends or with my wife. Um, so the last couple of months have been, you know, pretty much normal. Now we enter a phase when it's not normal in that this week, I think, usually right after the draft, the first week, there's uh, rookie mini camp, and then you got your first OTA. I think the following week or two weeks later. So that's gonna be different not having that. So now, you know, everyone at the athletic, we're big on on features and things like that. Anyway, we're not. We do game coverage, but that's not what we what drives us. So everyone's looking for more enterprising features and things like that to do. Which you know, I think if you look hard, there's a lot of good stuff that could be done during this time when there isn't aren't games to write off of, um, or drama of a season to write off of. So, yeah, that's sort of been my last couple months. And so I'm entering a phase where, you know, just trying to do more evaluation things of the rosters, either whether Oregon or Oregon State, do more, excuse me, Oregon or Seattle, do more features, things like that, do some look back stuff. Um, fans kind of like it when you go find a player from yesteryear or write about a team from yesteryear and how they're, how they're doing now or sort of relive those, those past glory moments, things like that. So we're, we're keeping ourselves busy uh, finding interesting th things to write about. That's great. Yeah, and I know it's a tough time, but you can always find fun things. And uh, I hope, you know, you say your son's a teenager. Get it. It's crazy how good teenagers are playing video games. You said you've uh, been playing in Madden. I've tried to play FIFA online, and I'm getting my ass kicked by kids <laughs> left and right. I'm, I'm sure they're kids because – there's no way anyone's adults this good at a video game. <laughs> yeah, you know, my son has caught me in Madden. It's kind of a little bit like we were watching the episode of Blackish the other day. I don't know if you guys watched that show, but 
It was a rerun when uh, the oldest son dunks on dad for the first time. And uh, it's like this moment where he realizes, oh, my God, my son's old enough to dunk on me and, and beat me one-on-one. So my son can't beat me one-on-one in real basketball yet, but he beat me in Madden, and that was almost just as bad. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What's happening here? You can't beat me in Madden. I taught you how to play Madden. Then I started making excuses like, oh, man, you know, you were playing it all season. Well, I was Because he's a big Seahawks fan. I was like, oh, you were playing the Seahawks on Madden. Well, I was busy covering the Seahawks. That's why you got better than me. If I practiced like you, you know, I started making excuses. But, yeah, it was like, this isn't right. Get your ass out to school. That's not, that's not an excuse. It's a reason. Yeah, you're right. It's a reason. It's a fact. I love that. I love it. Well, Oh man, yeah, we we we're starting to get back. Like just being home this whole time, we've started playing video games again. I stopped for so many years, but now I'm back playing every day. They're fun, man. They're addicting once you get back into them. Yeah, they're great. We also get a little upset, and so we have some attitude issues when we lose to each other. So it's 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 not very exciting to lose. I did throw a controller once. As did I. We, broke. we have a broken controller that runs the wrong way. So if you lose, you ha- you're summoned to that controller until you win. So, that's, so, so, that, that's, that's, uh, that's what happens when you play your brother in video games all the time. Nice. Awesome. Well, awesome. We really appreciate you coming on, Aaron. Sure. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. We had a great time, time man. And, uh, hopefully we can do it again in the future. Maybe, uh, once the season gets going, knock on wood, uh, maybe we can do something during the year, mid-year, uh, and, and talk some actual games. Sure, man. Just let me know. I had a lot of fun. Sounds good. Sounds great, man. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, thank you for coming on. And hopefully, you know, um, you, you're you more than welcome to come on the show after the Huskies beat the Ducks next season. <laughs> plan on it. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. That game's in Eugene this year, right? Yeah. You, yeah, last year was it. You guys beat us here. No way. Thank you. Now, what what are y'all doing at quarterback this year, though? We don't know yet. We we got open co- competition, so it's not. Uh, I, I think we're gonna be. What are you guys doing at quarterback? You guys also lost. Well, Herbert. not not. It's not you guys. I just cover them. Let's, let's keep, oh yeah. yeah. Is that not, but but I will. But against you, I will play the role of Duck fan so I can talk trash. Um, they got Tyler Shuck, who was a four star kid out of Arizona, who's a redshirt sophomore. And then they went out and brought in a transfer from Boston College whose name escapes me at the moment. I'm getting old. What is dude's name? Oh, my God. I can't remember it. Williams or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway, but he was a three-year starter there, so those two will battle it out. I'm more worried about the offensive line. They lost four starting old linemen. Uh, that, to me, is a bigger issue, so we'll see. That's, that's, a, that's yeah, a lot know, of power. Uh, my, my but that roommate. D is going to shut you all down regardless. <laughs> we'll see what happens. My roommate from college, his uh, future brother-in-law, it was uh, Throckmorton. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I know he dropped out of the draft. He didn't, he I know. Draft to end up getting picked up by the Saints. I think he'll make the roster. They were a little disappointed, but uh, I know he only gave up one sack in like three in a, in a large amount of snaps. Um, I was a little surprised he didn't get drafted, but uh, yeah, it's his. Uh, he's engaged to my college roommate's sister because he's from our area. Oh, that's a but, small uh, world. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't get drafted. Um, I had talked to a scout before the combine who said he thought throughout a chance to not get drafted. And I was like, you're kidding me. Really? He's like, yeah. He goes, he just, he wasn't that great in space against good pass rushers. I'm like, he never gave up sacks. They're like, yeah, but you can sort of tell some sort of deficiencies. 
Uh, he said at the combine he thought guard would be his better position in the NFL, but I'm still I'm just shocked he didn't get drafted at all. Uh, so, but I, I think he'll make it. Evaluating though. offensive linemen, but uh, from what I was reading early on, I thought he was somebody that was you know expected to go off the board, and a lot of teams need offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think he'll be one of those guys who. Uh, Ends up, you know, working his way into becoming a good lineman. Some, a lot of guys go the non-drafted route, linemen, and then they just develop and grow and, and become better. I think he'll be one of those guys. Oh, and the transfer was Anthony Brown from Boston College. He'll compete for, for the the opportunity to whip Washington this fall. <laughs> George will do some uh, scouting on him today. I, I, we'll do some scouting. Oh, I, well. You know, uh, ACC quarterback. I, yeah, I guess it could translate over here. <laughs> Boston College is still in the ACC, right? Yes. Yeah, with all this conference realignment nowadays, I'm like, where? who knows where, like, Syracuse in the ACC to me is still weird. Yes, it definitely is. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much, Aaron, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again one day soon. Talk- all right, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care, Take man. Care. And that that was Anthony, um, how do you pronounce the last name, Sam? Funtress, I think it was Funtress. Fentress, Fentress uh, from The Athletic. Uh, I want to thank him again for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sorry uh, for a couple audio uh, mishaps there, but bandwidth is uh, low in the United States these you know, days. A lot of people are on the internet these days. And number two, my computer's down to 1% while charging. So I think I just think it's been a little overused while we're at home. So. <laughs> no, no worries. But uh, thank you for tuning in to the Seattle Superpod with me, George Azure, and... Me, Sammy George War, episode, I think, 29 it was. And uh, we'll be back for more here shortly. Sammy, everyone asks me, what does SANS stand for? I tell them it stands for Sports on Tap. And this, this is, is Sports Radio. Redefine. <laughs> oh, make sure to check us out. SANSSeattle.com. S-O-N-T. Seattle.com. And at SANSSeattle on all platforms. Peace. Later. <laughs>